you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. It's Jeff Ellis, the host of Locked On Indians. I know you're expecting a Pat chat because Pat and I went long in the show yesterday. We're going to push that to Monday uh, because this is the final show before the Major League Baseball draft. Uh, I feel like I spent a lot more time on it last year, even though it was a lot less picks. Uh, So we're going to talk about the draft. We're going to talk about local players, talk about the state, talk about who you need to my target in the early rounds and the like. Uh, We're going to save a second half of that Pat chat for Monday because I mentioned it on the show yesterday, if you didn't listen to yesterday's show, from 6.45 Eastern until it ends, we're going to be doing a live stream uh, over on YouTube and Twitch and all of that stuff through the, the Locked On app, myself and Aram from Locked On Prospects. Uh, Sean Woodley, who's kind of our supervisor, is going to be the producer. It's going to be a whole big thing. So uh, if you do want information from me about the draft, just watch that. Uh, you, it's an alternative. It's something else you can watch instead of the draft. It should be a lot of fun trying to line up some guests as we speak as well. But if nothing else, it's going to be a chance to hear you know, my takes during the draft. It's going to be a chance to hear from Arm, and we're going to have a lot of fun. And like I said, it gives you an alternative to uh, the traditional MLB broadcast. You know, if you don't want to hear players like Hunter Dozier being Hall of Famers, uh, that one will be the show for you. I do want to show, I was trying to use my fancier webcam, but it was taking up too much uh, too much bandwidth, I guess. The video quality was too high. So I do have, I'm trying to figure out, maybe I'll adjust the height. I, I had this old news ticker type of deal, and I have my big board going through in the background. Unfortunately, with low quality, you can't really see the players' names as well, but I thought I'd also share that out, uh, that I, I was putting that in the background to add a little more to the draft. I don't know. We'll have to see if I can get the uh, webcam running better. If anyone out there is a technophile and wants to send me some information, feel free. So before we dive in the draft, I know this is a draft episode. Hey, the Indians won. They didn't lose 10 in a row. Uh, they nearly blew it. Ninth inning. Carlos Santana uh, should be an all-star. He is the best addition any team made in the AL Central this offseason. Just look at his offensive production. He's been fantastic. His contract right now looks like a steal for Kansas City. What an addition for them. Two home runs tonight. Uh, it's not necessarily the story of the game, but definitely stands out. The story of the game is, you know, A, Roberto Perez giving them the lead when they're down 3-1 to one in the ace with a three-run home run. Then Carlos Santana hits the home run to tie it. And then Brandon Reyes, what a tear that guy has been. You expect someone who missed all that time to maybe come back and have some struggles or some issues? No. He had the big home run. He stepped right into it. You know, uh, something I, it, that you'll get to hear on the Monday show is Pat asking me a question I really thought about. Is Fran Mill an extension candidate? And you'll hear my take on that then. I've seen other people talking about it, but yeah, that'll be in the Monday show. And I, if you're someone out there being like, but I want to hear about draft stuff Monday, trust me. <laughs> I'm going to have a little bit of time at the front to talk draft uh, in that episode. And there will be tons of draft talk next week. I'm not someone who gets into the All-Star game. It's just not necessarily my thing. I'm not going to be too focused on that. I'm going to be all draft. You're going to hear about every single player the Indians selected on this podcast at some point in time. Uh, We might even take some time. See, normally this is where I would do like an in-depth review. We haven't really had that opportunity with the uh, the, the 20 
2021 class, or I'm sorry, the 2020 class. This is the 2021 class. It's 2020 class. It's only six players. Um, we've talked about almost all of them in depth on the show already. We might go back and after we talk about this class, talk a little bit about the some of the other ones. Go back to like 2018, 2019. Uh, we're starting to see some players let go from the 2018 class. We should also hopefully start to see some players um, making larger impacts for the team. But yeah, we'll dive into all that very soon. We'll do a lot of draft talk. I love it. So you're stuck with me as your host. Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about. Let's, before we go too deep here, uh, talk about the game. Let's, should we start with, let's talk about players in the state. So the high school players in the state, it's not the deepest crowd. And honestly, I mean, last year, there was one high school player drafted. Again, very short draft. Went to the Reds, I want to say. Um, blanking Malachi Knight? No, I can't remember his last name right now. Uh, uh, strong, plus power, good athlete type who went to the Reds in the fourth round. Uh, but yeah, that was the only player. You go back a few other years. State of Ohio in terms of the high school player. I mean, Mac Anglin, see like two years ago, pull him up. Like he was, you know, one of the bigger names. Uh, he went to Van to Clemson. And yeah, so he was someone who went to Clemson a few years ago. Uh, from Marengo High School, uh, and he's yeah. So we'll see if maybe he comes up in a, another few years. Uh, there just has not been as much in the state. I, the last high drafted player I want to say is Cameron uh, Varga. Him and Zach Shannon were both discussed as potential first round picks that year. Shannon took a very circuitous route, eventually getting drafted by the Rangers. I have not checked in on him recently potential first-round picks, and Shannon was rated than Varga. Shannon was committed to Ohio State, decommitted to go to a JUCO, I think, you know, hoping to be drafted the next year. It took four years bouncing around through JUCOs, putting up some pretty huge numbers for him to get uh, drafted. I have not checked back in. Yeah, uh, Cameron Varga was 2014 at a Christian Hills, uh, Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy, and I mean, by 2016, he was out of baseball. That's a quick turnaround. Uh, and it's crazy because in 2015, he was actually mildly effective. He wasn't bad. He just, you know, the ERA was good, but the side stats weren't much. Uh, the next year, he only had three starts. I'm not sure if he got hurt. I'd have to really dig into it. But age 21, that was end of the line for him. And he was, I mean, he's really the last player from Ohio. He was a high school kid. He was a high pick. We have had some college players since then. And there will be a college player this year. He's a very high pick. Uh, and we'll just start with Sam Bachman. Uh, on my little board, if it was visible, you would see that he's my 10th rated player in this class. His fastball uh, slider combo, I want to say top of my head, I should pull up my scouting report, uh, is you know probably the best one-two punch in this entire draft class. Uh, if you could have any player, you told me who, which player from this class could help a team the most tomorrow, it's Bachman. It's not lighter, it's not rocker. It's Bachman. That fastball is a triple-digit weapon. Uh, he really, you know, it, it moves, it darts. The slider is uh, really hard for players to pick up. Everything about him makes him, you know, it just, it, the, well, I should say everything. Actually, those two pitches make him, you know, a, a player who has a chance to be extremely effective out of the bullpen now with a chance to start. Now, he is smaller. He has had some injury uh, concerns. He missed like two starts because of an elbow issue. That will definitely scare off some squads. 
Uh, and, you know, he does have that risk. But just in, no one matches those pitches. Uh, no one has that upside. I don't think anyone else you could drop in the majors and be as effective as, as Sam Bachman could be for a team. He's probably in that teen range. I think a lot of people agree, like the 10 to 15 range. I am higher on him. I don't know if anyone else puts him in the top 10. Uh, I can be rather conservative sometimes with drafts, but in this case, uh, I'm I'm not being <laughs> the opposite end. I because and the reason is my conservativeness is more about trying to get someone who can help your team. Uh, I think Bachman can do that. I think he is a player who, in a lot of ways, uh, the only floor on him is catastrophic injury, that were injury that leads to regression. Outside of that, he's going to be at least an effective reliever with what he can do. So the, the, there's still a really high floor for him. He's still a rather safe pitcher in that regard. But yeah, we haven't seen you know a player from the state of Ohio go in the top 10 in a very long time. Now, if you go back to the 80s, uh, back-to-back years, the top uh, prep, you know, top high school player in the draft came from Ohio. Uh, that would be when it was Ken Griffey Jr. and then Kent Merker, uh, who was out of Dublin High School, I want to say. So, yeah, there, there was a time where Ohio had some more higher-rated uh, prospects. It's been a bit. But Bachman, top 10, uh, unless you want to count someone like Andrew Benintendi, who was an Ohio kid who went to Arkansas and kind of made a pick. Uh, he was a top 10 pick. But yeah, the, it, again, it's one of those things where when you are a cold weather state, it's harder to get noticed. It's a lot harder in general these past few years uh, with what's gone on. And then uh, if you're a high school player and you're not getting as much notice, you often aren't going to go to one of the, the state schools. The top players in the state traditionally go elsewhere. That's just the way of it. So that's, that's Sam Bachman, who far and away is the top prospect in the class this year. Let's take a quick sponsor break. We're going to talk about the two other or three other pitchers really to know in the class this year from uh, the state of Ohio. Uh, then we'll talk about the Indians a bit. So our first sponsor is Built Bar. So Built Bar has brought back the grasshopper flavor. And if you listen to the show, you know, I love that. I, I bought four boxes. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. I'll just be put it right out there. I bought four boxes of Grasshopper. I think it is their best flavor. It is my favorite flavor, flavor that they have. I love Built Bar. Anyone listening knows I love Built Bar. I have shared, I you know, I've, I'm up to five or six orders in my time through them. I can say that, yes, they're a sponsor, but they're also just a product I like. If you are curious, go check out Built Bar for yourself. And remember, you know, you can try the Locked On promos. I'm not sure if those are still up and running, but uh just going to Bilt Bar is good for us right now. So go to Bilt Bar. Make sure to check out the uh, Grasshopper flavor. I think it's, uh, should I give the so that lets people know we're back? So uh, if you're waiting for that, there it is. The other players. So I have another so. Well, I'm just going crazy on today. The next player who I also have in the top, uh, my top 50 prospects is Joe Rock from Ohio University. I, I spent some time digging into Joe Rock's background in Ohio University where Joe is from, the only other player of note uh, is Tito Francona. And then yeah, it's from a, a, a place I would butcher the pronunciation of in Pennsylvania. And then if you go and look at Ohio University, not a strong baseball program. Yes, they do have Mike Schmidt. And uh, after that, it's like Steve Swisher is probably a name you know, and uh, Bob Brenly probably a name you know. Uh, they've had a few other guys who have made all-star games. Mark Krause and Adam Russell are the only two players that have made it to the big league since the year 2000. Uh, most years, 
no one's drafted. Uh, it's it's not the strongest program. So they get Joe Rock, and you know from freshman year on, he's a starter. I can, well, not on because he missed a sophomore year due to academic issues. Uh, most people got at least a few starts. He got none. And there were looking at that freshman year command issues, control issues. Yes, here's a six foot six kid uh, who's sitting like low nineties, but command and control issues. He looked better in the summer when given opportunities. He looked a lot better in the spring. He's or in the fall, I should say. He's been great in the spring, missing bats while limiting his walks and uh, hard hit balls. He doesn't turn 21 until the end of the month. Very young for the class. Again, a six foot six lefty. Ohio University doing the best they can, but that is not a high level coaching situation. It's just not. Uh, not to insult that institution, but as we talked about, it, it's not producing a lot of big leaders. So he is going to get a, a whole different level of coaching that he has never experienced when he gets into the pro ranks. Young for his class, cold weather college, cold weather high school, still developing, still growing. You put those all together and he's got every trait you look for, for a player with growth potential. Uh, a team like the Indians would make a lot of sense in round two if he's still around. Uh, if they're looking to load up on arms, lefty with mid-90s velocity, and one you can really there's a chance for even more. He goes to the right situation, gets some you know in-depth coaching, gets some body mechanics work, all that stuff. I think Joe Rock is one of those players that, yeah, he may never reach double A. Let's be honest. There's that level of risk, but he could also be the guy in five years. Like, how did he not go in the first round? How is he not a first rounder in that class? He's a six foot six foot six lefty, and he threw hard. He should have just been there because of that. So Joe Rock. Uh, he makes it in, did I have him in my late 30s? You know, top of my head, late 30s, early 40s is where I believe I slotted him in. Uh, like I said, it just, it came down to me, those indicator stats. He, the best, you know, for all these players, it's silly to say their best is in front of them. Hopefully for all of them, it is. Uh, for some, it isn't. Let's be honest. For some, it isn't. But hopefully for all of them, it is. But for Joe Rock in particular, when you're looking at what model-based uh, teams look for, in terms of like, okay, so this shows more growth potential. He has it all. And again, that is why the Indians haven't drafted a lot of players from Ohio. One of the last draft eligible players of note from Ohio University, Rudy Rott, was drafted in 2019, the catcher. Uh, I got to see him when he was playing at Kent the year before. He was a really good producer. I haven't seen what he has done. He's one of those players, unfortunately, could have been on the cusp of not keeping a job with the kind of minor league teams because uh, he's a senior sign. But you go back to Mitch Luongo was a guy who probably had the last big amount of hype at OU and they had kind of a down final year there. And that's why he fell to day three. So, and he was, I mean, I feel like that's kind of the last local kid they drafted uh, from the state. I know I'm probably blanking on someone right now, but they have, uh, they have scouted that area before. So uh, Joe Rock back year had uh, probably the next prospect to Seth Lon's way and Seth Lon's way is intriguing uh, for the Indians in a way. The issue with him is he would have been a draft eligible sophomore and then there was an issue transcript, so he wasn't eligible to pitch as a freshman. Uh, he pitched okay as a sophomore. People were hoping to see more. Uh, and then we had the COVID situation. I mean, he's a, he is he's senior aged. He, he is a player who you know, has had multiple chances to be drafted and hasn't. He has been really inconsistent in college. He has, uh, you know, when everything's working and cutting for him, there are days 
where he, I think it was, I'm trying to pull up the game. I'm trying to remember, he had like a 17 strikeout game, I want to say, on him earlier this year, where he only walked one. And then you have the days where he just can't seem to find the zone. Uh, and control is a big issue. Let's see, he had, yes, yeah, 17 against Indiana uh, earlier this year. And he's, I mean, he was the biggest prospect that program has gotten in a long time. When he was a high school player, he's a top 100 prospect everywhere uh, across the state. I thought, I thought he'd get drafted, honestly. Uh, Xavier Moore is the other kid who ended up getting drafted and signing with the Rangers. But Lonsway, uh, Dylan Dingler, who we talked about last year, who went uh, top of the second round of the Tigers and is doing fantastic. Um, Ruby, the outfielder, they had, they had just for them the greatest class I can. Uh, recall. And Lonsway was the star of that class. He just hasn't been consistent. Fastball is above average to plus. Slider is above average to plus. Curveball is one of the better ones in the entire class. Uh, undersized, older, maybe you transition to the pen. But at the other side of things, I mean, he is a lefty and he's not that undersized for a left-hander. I just think going to the right team is the important thing here. Going to a team that can work on mechanics, can work on developing him. The Indians would be a good team. Now, he's essentially a senior sign. Uh, he'd be a more expensive one, but I don't know if he would get more than $100,000 right now just because of his age. Like, he is a senior. We can all talk about the fact that technically he could go back and come back in a year and be 23, but then he would be no leverage at all. Uh, there, For a lot of these players, teams are so age-based that the you know giving that extra year of eligibility did not do a lot to um, – increase their chances of being drafted uh, or I should say to increase their flexibility when it comes to the draft. So for Lonsway, he's not going to be a huge bonus guy at this point in time. The Indians, the Reds, teams like that, they can work with him, try to refine what he's working with and work on that consistency is going to be huge. Could be a diamond in the rough, roughed in the rough. Uh, I think overall, probably a reliever. You're hoping that he's going to be able to miss bats three pitch guy He'd be an opener for the right team. Tampa could be a team that would be interesting to see him go to. Then the last pitcher is, uh, we have to talk about Albright from Kent State, who Kent State kind of had had a few years that was down for them where they didn't have a big prospect. And then uh, Luke Albright is the guy. Now, he did not have quite as big of a year as, say, Rock or Bachman. At the start of the year, he was kind of put in that group, and he's a little bit further down now. He's more of a day-two day, uh, day guy. I think he's pretty solidly in there. He's a back-end starter. Does uh, a little bit of, you know, has the pitches, was effective, nothing overpowering, big kid. It's, it's not the most exciting profile, but Kent develops well. If you're getting uh, Luke Albright in day two, you're getting a guy with a, good chance to turn into a major leaguer. The the long the history there is so long. Um, why am I blanking on the uh, the pitching coach, who's one of the best pitching coaches in all college baseball? Uh, greatest uh, player in University of Akron history until uh, till Chris Bassett made it, and then JT Brubaker. Man, that's now i got to look it up. There's someone out there screaming at their screen. Uh, he's had chances to go elsewhere. He's he like Mike Burback. Uh he just likes, you know, he, he's got a gig that he loves. So he's had no interest in going elsewhere, even when opportunities have presented themselves. So you get a, a player who has been coached 
by one of the best. You're getting a guy who you know be bad habits, you know what's going to place. So he'll have an opportunity to go to a team. And again, he's not going to be the sexiest pick, but very good chance he finds success. I mean, even look at someone like Joey Murray, who undersized the Blue Jays, not a lot of velocity, but he still steadily moved through the system. He was coached well. They've worked on the natural things he has. And he's still a really interesting arm for the Blue Jays, in my opinion, uh, just because I love the players who find success when they shouldn't. But those are the, the four big Ohio players. We're going to take another quick sponsor break here, and then we'll come back and talk about players to know for the Cleveland Indians in the draft this year, players I think the Indians could be targeting. So we have betonline.ag is one of our sponsors almost every day, almost every time we have a sponsor. You're going to hear me talk about betonline.ag. So let's go see what their line for tomorrow's Indians game is. Since it's a home game, I'm betting the Indians are favorite over at betonline.ag, but uh, we don't know for sure. I'm trying to remember if Tristan McKenzie is getting the call up for tomorrow's game or the one after that. I think it's the one after that. But when you go to betonline.ag, I see right now, like, there's a welcome bonus of $1,000 for the finals. Uh, there's so many things. I've talked about every single time that they have live casino, race books, poker, esports. Uh, so it is Tristan McKenzie tomorrow and Brad Keller on the mound for the Royals. The Royals are getting a run and a half in that game. Uh, so the Indians are favorites tomorrow. And that line is brought to you by betonline.ag. Remember to use that promo code locked on to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit gives you some extra money to play with over on the site that is betonline.ag promo code locked on so the players for the indians this year so chase petty is a name that comes up a lot and okay so let's just talk about this right now the indians let their scouts know that hey if you get a job you can leave even before the draft like if you can find stability go take that so that's that's one thing they they and they lost at least two scouts that way. I read a report that they didn't even send their scouts to most college games this year until the postseason. So they were perfectly fine with having them couch scout, uh, and then also getting uh, advanced data readings and getting data from teams. And they're they are moving away from people and moving more to just hard data for their scouting. Uh, there's going to be a lot of talk about that at some point, I'm sure. But yeah, it seems that they are going to. They had, I believe, 48 scouts to start the year. They are down from that, and that number is going to get significantly smaller if if they're not sending them out to these. Because I'm sure they're still sending them on the road to high school games because those programs, you know, high school, very few high school programs are going to be giving track, you know, track men data to teams. They don't have the ability to get that. But when you talk with the college programs, I mean, I go to small schools often. You know, I was going around uh, this past year, I was at uh, UWM. And you can see they're running the Trackman data right there. Now, I was a few years ago at Missouri. They were putting it on the screen. It was fantastic. Uh, they were doing a lot there. I was back when, like, Tanner Houck and Trey Harris and uh, Bryce Montes de Oca and Cameron Meisner were there. And teams have just been getting more and more data in general. And they're sharing it with squads. And yeah, someone like the Indians, uh, I can't remember where I saw that report, which site, but yeah, they were not sending uh, scouts to college games until the postseason began, which I mean, it was mind-blowing to read, but not unsurprising. And I say all this because it means, one, I don't know if they're going to draft quite the same players they have, if they're going to go with more of a, safe model approach of players that do certain things 
it's kind of in line with, since I'm a singular person scouting, yeah, I get reports from others. I, I chat with people on the phone. I, I message back and forth. Uh, I had someone just messaging me today about, um, gosh, now I got to think. Uh, we had a discussion about T Trey Sweeney. That was it. Asking me my view because apparently I became a small school expert at one point in time. Uh, it was like Trey Sweeney, Connor Norby, Tyler Black wanted to get my views on all of them. All three in my top 50, just because anyone's curious. But the Indians are going to, they're not going to scout um, stat lines, but that's going to be part of it. They're also going to look at that advanced metric data, but and they're also going to look at video, but they're not seeing the point in sending people. So if they are going with a more safe approach, Chase Petty is a common player to them because Chase Petty is a hard player to nail down. He is like Daniel Spino, where there are teams that are not going to draft Chase Petty. Chase Petty is not in my top 50 prospects. I think he is more than likely a reliever, and I think there's too much risk. And I'm just not high on – I am risk-adverse when it comes to the draft. So Chase Petty is not in my top 50. Uh, that is shocking to some. I think if I went over and pulled up like the MLB side, he's probably somewhere in the top 30. He's probably somewhere in the top 30 everywhere. Uh, big velocity, undersized, New Jersey kid. He does fit a lot of things the Indians do, and there is a thought process. He is the floor for – that he is their floor. No, he – they are his floor. Ooh. But I, I also don't think it's going to happen. I just have to be honest. I think, yeah, they're probably going to add pitching this year because pitching in the system is a lot weaker than uh, hitting. But I think that they're going to go safer early and take some interesting gambles later, and especially if they can save some money. I just keep looking at Michael McGreevy from University of Santa Barbara. Matches, because you go back. That class, they've drafted a lot of prep arms. They're yet to get anything from it. That That's just the truth of the matter. Tristan McKenzie is the one prep arm who has done something to them recently. Most of them have, have flamed out or been hurt or just never productive enough. Uh, but the height, the college arms have worked. And that specific type, when you look at what Savali, Bieber, you look at Tanner Burns and Logan Allen and Mason Hickman a year ago, you look at Zach Plesak, you look at that type of pitcher, that's where they found success. That is where they're continually finding success. I think that is what they're going to go for. They're not going to go for the Chase Petty. Now watch Chase Petty with the, you know, whatever overall pick. I don't have their pick memorized off the top of my head, 23, 24. Uh, but I think they're, you know, last year they telegraphed it to agree. I think that is what they're going for. And I think uh, if McGreevy is there, he makes a ton of sense. I wouldn't sleep on the, Noah Miller, Owen Miller's younger brother, who, you know, my write-up on him, I talked about the fact, you know, it's like I, I look at the Maneas, I look at, can't think of the other recent family, a lot of players. I, I need to sit down and just do a long-term study on this. I feel like it's the younger brother is more often better than the older brother. I don't know if it's because the older brother paves the way and has a lot of information and he's able to, you know, kind of give his brother information at a younger age and get started, but... Noah's even a little bit of a better athlete than uh, Owen. And Owen went to uh, one of the Illinois, not the Big Ten program, but a directional Illinois, I want to say. And Noah's going to Alabama, going to an SEC school. Uh, I don't think he gets there, but I, he's a better version of his older brother. And, you know, look at the Indians last year with Carson Tucker and the, the bloodline aspect. And that's for a lot of teams. That is a, a big aspect. The Blue Jays have almost built their squad on bloodlines. Uh, so I, I think Noah Miller, you know, I was told Gage Jump and Cody Shear 
both from Jay Sarah. They've been heavy at those Jay Sarah games. I wouldn't sleep on Max Muncy. No relation. Sorry, no relation to the uh, Max Muncy playing uh, pro ball, but he's a very tooled up. Uh, I shouldn't say tooled up. He's got a very quick bat and really good exit velocity. He needs some. If he can work on his launch angle, he could end up being a. I have him higher than most because uh, the exit velocity and the bat speed are, are so high there. But this class is loaded. Like West Cath. Everyone talks about the hit tool. Good exit velocity numbers, but he hasn't really tapped in the power yet. If you think it's going to be there, you know, he could make some sense. But the Indians love California. They love youth. They love up-the-middle players. Uh, like I said, I think from the pitching class, Will Bednar, because, again, bloodlines, David is a pitcher for the Pirates, will look really good in the postseason. I just don't know if he gets there. He comes to mind. Uh, I talked about Michael McGreevy. Stood out. Um, it's kind of going down. Frank Frank Mazzucato, if they are going prep, might be the prep arm to look at. Turned 18 in June. I uh, uh, had like four or five no-hitters in a row. Uh, older brother is a pitcher in a uh, very small, like central Connecticut something. Uh, older brother had a 0.0 ERA as a senior. And so my digging and their parents own a very famous bakery in Hartford with that name. So uh, some good baked goods if you draft him, but he is young for the class, cold weather arm, has some advanced pitching, good athlete. He was one of those players that stood out. Um, there's just so many short stops. I, I'd be curious to see if they would consider Spencer Schwallenbach. Now they draft him out of high school. Uh, it was one of those, we're going to just talk to him, we can't sign him deals. When he was coming out of, I believe, a Michigan high school before I went to Nebraska, he didn't pitch until this year, and he was only a reliever. Only 30 innings pitched. Uh, numbers were good. They weren't spectacular, but they were solid. Has three above-average pitches. Six foot one, so an undersized right-hander. You have no idea if it's going to hold up. You have no idea if he can be a starter. If you think he can be a starter, then I would think you'd probably be jumping all over him uh, with a pick where the Indians are because what he's shown is, you know, he's, he's clearly a plus athlete. He's, he could have been a first round pick just as a shortstop, huge arm, uh, great contact rates. Like he fits the Indians profile, doesn't strike out a lot, walks enough, uh, a little bit of pop, but great contact numbers. And there's a world when you look at him where maybe his ideal role is eighth inning guy and like super utility player. Uh, you know, you try him as a starter because starter is his most value. If that doesn't work, you I, you keep letting him hit. And I think the fallback there is a really interesting profile. It's even maybe an opener type, uh, opener slash super utility guy. Uh, it, it's something to consider. He, to me, I think he's a legit two-way player. I, I look at him and I'm like, he's got one year of pitching. And he pitched very well, finally getting that opportunity. Again, he would be a redraft by the Indians. And they're familiar with everyone, but there's extra familiarity in the players you've drafted. So I think he is really interesting uh, at that point in time with that pick. I don't know if they're going to go uh, crazy off board. I don't know who's kind of the player that you know, maybe I, I talked about Joe Rock in round two. I also think Edwin Arroyo, who is, again, 17, won't be 18 until August. Good defender, good hit from Puerto Rico. Or I'm sorry, no, he's from Florida now. Uh, Christian Point, uh, Central Christian Point, but I thought he was originally from Puerto Rico. So I must be 
I'm just kind of trying to see about his profile. I swear he was from there originally. But the upside for the Indians in this class, honestly, is it's a deep draft class. And they, this is a chance for them to keep adding to it. They have the first rounder, the second rounder, and the competitive balance pick at the end of round two. They have a chance to add multiple in, impact players to the minor league system. There's already an impact minor league system. Uh, it's just going to be a way for them to continue to get better. So remember to watch the live stream Sunday night if it's your thing, if you want to follow the draft. Hear me talk about it even more in depth. I hope I've shown you here that it is definitely worth your time to join us Sunday evening. Uh, follow me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. I have links to my 53 profiles that I wrote uh, over at MLBDraftNow.blogspot.com. Uh, and for the next year, maybe two, 